Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 7th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Uh, getting ready for a, kind of a news and notes show. Uh, so not going to be too action-packed. Another day off. Uh, so with me to go over all that stuff is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah, eager to get into this. I know you and Steve have, have uh, gone over the finals pretty well. So let's yeah. before, talk before about any, to... anything and everything else that's well, going on. We want, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought would happen in Game 2. And we'll get to the update on Kevin Love. But what do you mm. – I mean, if you're Tyron Lue – who I think got severely outcoached so far. Um, what's your? What do you think for like adjustments? Who do you think needs to step up, or any sort of schematic things you see on either end that you think need to change? Yeah, I mean, he's going to need to make adjustments, obviously, especially if Love can't go. But even if he can, uh, they were just pounded in games one and two. So something needs to give, and he has been outcoached. But in his defense, I think he's just facing a superior team that can outplay you small if you go big they're just gonna go small with with uh, Draymond at center the death lineups killing them they also switched out Igudala and Livingston that's been giving them issues um so if, if love can't go Lou said that uh Mozgov's gonna have to step up but I just don't see Cleveland having much success there um I think we're gonna see a lot of smaller lineups with either Mozgov Fry Thompson at center and then LeBron at power forward um Richard Jefferson's probably gonna see more minutes um, you know, how effective it's going to be, I don't know, but they don't have too many other options. What do, what do you think about it? Yeah, and since yesterday's pod, um, and I'm down on Channing Fry, and I think recently we found out why Scott Skiles kind of kind of got on, uh, on the, uh, he, he got on Fry's nerves, I'm sorry, Fry got on Scott Skiles' nerves, um, mm-hmm. but he's been bad. I mean, going from Pat Patterson and Luis Scola to Draymond Green is just such a different different animal for them so I, yeah. I think that fry isn't really the answer in this series he's just not laterally quick enough with all the switching golden state makes you do on the perimeter mm-hmm. um, so yeah i i if i'm blue i would use mozgov and probably start him and pretty much just match him up with bogut uh because obviously bogut's not actually they do set some screens with bogut uh here and there yeah uh, quite so, a bit actually he's, yeah. a, he's a underrated passer yeah so he just has to be be, be able to they have to be able to fight through screens the guys uh who are guarding the perimeters perimeter guys so that would be my move and then like you said i'm okay with playing jefferson but don't play him 10 minutes straight man like like every time they play him and they did this in the raptor series he'd be okay for the first three four minutes of the stretch and then he'd just be terrible like yeah he's 35 years old that that's my right. other thing. and then i do think they should go with more delvadova shumpert and then offensively, I was saying that they need to play Kyrie more off the ball and run through LeBron. He's been terrible off the dribble in this series. I think he's 7-29 and on two or more dribbles with no threes. So he's like 24 effective field goal. He's been really bad. So yeah, he needs to step I'm, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on running Kyrie off the ball. It needs something to get him going. His shooting's just not there. Yeah. Um, and also, Mozgov, matching him up with Bogut makes a lot of sense. And in game two, the Warriors, it was just a layup line at the rim. They just oh my God. lost ordered them in the restricted area yeah so at least just having a big body in there give some sort of pushback um because if you know if they have a repeat of that performance it's going to be a quick series yeah that third quarter was just a clinic of how to get cutting to the basket and everything it was just yeah 
that's that small ball lineup. You can't have LeBron do every. They only have one LeBron. Using him at the five was such a mistake. Yeah, like they can't. You think they could ever do that? I I would never do that again if I'm Lou. Yeah, I mean, given how poorly it went, I don't <laughs> think he's gonna go back to that well. But yeah. desperate times, you, you know, sure, you never know. Sure. If, they go, if they go down twenty, he might try to, you know, in desperation, just say, "Let's let's give this another shot." Yeah, because Fry can't protect the rim. I mean, going against Golden State like that, if you want to go small, you have like Draymond protects the rim really well. Surge power forward, but he could definitely play center and a great rim protector. Channing Fry, not a rim protector. And I would even say Tristan Thompson isn't the greatest rim protector. Great rebounder. Yeah. Offensively, too. He's a terrific offensive rebounder. But he's mm-hmm. I was I would call Draymond a better rim protector than Tristan. Yeah, for sure. Um Tristan's got the length, but he doesn't quite have the the instincts to really get in there, and he's not quite physical enough to to bang with someone like Bogut. Definitely. Um, yeah, and Fry, I mean, the Warriors are doing what they should. They're exploiting him defensively. He's not a good defender. Yeah. Um, so you got someone like Draymond. He's just gonna gonna destroy him. And they're not allowing what what hurt other teams playing the the Cavs is they just let Fry stand out there and get wide open shots. He came into the series shooting something like sixty two percent, the best best mark in the postseason from downtown. Um, now suddenly he's got smaller, more agile defenders on him, and he's not hitting those shots. Yeah, they're hitting. Uh... LeBron's been so-so from from deep, but and their two their two pointers have been bad, uh, and really the three pointers has been has been carrying them through the through the Eastern Conference, and that's been come to a halt. What they've had, I think they have well, I think twelve three pointers in the first two, when they had yeah. twenty five in uh, that one game against the Hawks. Yeah, not uh, working. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, we could get on to the other news and notes. Yeah, so obviously you guys check out Rotor World for all the updates and stuff, but we'll kind of give some more in-depth and kind of go on some tangential stuff for some other players. Uh, let's just hit Stephen Curry really quick uh, since we're kind of, it's kind of a tangent. Uh, he won't play in the Olympics. He cited his knee and ankle injuries. I'm not sure if this is like a cop-out with the whole Zinka virus thing, but uh, definitely something that's interesting. Do, do you... What do you think about Curry not playing in the Olympics? I mean, best player in the um, NBA is kind of interesting not playing in the Olympics. It is. It, it surprised me. He he said this afternoon explicitly that the Zika virus wasn't wasn't factoring into his thinking. Yeah. Um, I just you know you got to take him at his word. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I, I get it. I mean, he's played 92 games this season to this point. He's struggled with injuries before in his career, and he. Probably, you know, he knows his body better than anyone. And with that sort of workload and that many number of games, I get taking the summer off to rest. So, Yeah, it's just so different from, like, the 92 Dream Team, 96, all those. Like, that yeah. just would never happen back then. Guys would just love to yeah. go out there and dominate. Yeah, the opportunity to win gold yeah. for your country. And it doesn't have the same appeal to Curry, I guess. Apparently, green is better than gold. <laughs> So another semi-Olympic related news is Marc Gasol unlikely to play. He has that foot fracture, in case you forgot. He is doing some work on a low-gravity treadmill. He was saying he's going to run at 25, 30, 40, 50% in the next couple months. So that's something to watch. Uh, And obviously, too, David Fisdale, who autocorrects as David Fizzle uh, on, (laughs) on your phone, which is not a good sign. So, uh, Gasol, do you, do you think he'll play in the Olympics? How do you see uh, no. the phys- – yeah, no way. Okay, so no we'll, move, we'll move on from that. <laughs> okay, so do you see him changing it all with the new scheme from Fisdale? Has a similar plan with Miami, I think, under the, the Spolstra. 
coaching tree or Pat Riley coaching tree, I guess now. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I can't say too much. I want to see him in the, in training camp, see what kind of sets he plays. Um, you know, how he uses Gasol. Obviously Gasol is going to get heavy usage, especially if Conley can't play him. And we've seen what Gasol does when Conley is out with injuries, he becomes the focal point of everything. So, um, yeah, I expect a big year from Gasol if he's fully healthy. And that's the issue. He's, he's 31 coming off a major injury, still not able to run. So uh, I'm going to hedge my bets until I see him hundred percent in training camp. Where do you think he, he would go in a draft file? I mean, he, I thought he was disappointing even before the injury. He went. You know, he was. And he yeah. probably call him what six rounder. Yeah, I would, I would think he's going to go in the fifty sixty range. He still has, you know, a lot of fantasy owners have the sort of um, after effects of someone who's been a first round value for you in the past. Mm. There's a certain you know you can't let a guy like that slide. That sort of vibe. Um, so I think he's going to go probably higher than he should. But yeah, right, right around fifth, sixth round makes sense, given yeah. the risk. Yeah, the getting assists from that position, great percentages. He's a, 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 um, a guy I've always liked. And, yeah. And just really no weaknesses to his game. you gotta, you got to love centers like that. Yeah. Um, okay, do you so... Think, do you think, uh, while we're on the Grizzlies, uh, Conley's going to return, or do you see him going elsewhere? Or? I don't know, man. I think, I think they really, really want to bring him back. Uh, we know Chris Wallace, that's the general manager, not Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> he was uh, saying very, very confident that everyone we want to bring back, we get. Gasol last year, obviously, perfect example. So uh, I'd probably call it 70-30 Grizzlies. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. As fun as I think it would be to see him join a team like the Knicks or something. Um, yeah, I think he's a he's a loyal guy. Memphis, like you said, is going to do whatever they can to bring him back. So I see him. I see him returning. Yeah, and Gasol signed super quick last year. So I think yeah. that him being quick. I mean, if you know you're going to sign with a team long term, and you know that your second best player is could be out next year, that's something you're going to want to look at. Like, hey, Mike, I'm going to sign. What do you think? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that that was kind of a factor too. Yeah. And what do you one one last. Uh, personnel question I got for you. Do you think there's any chance that the Grizzlies keep Lance Stevenson on a $9.4 million <laughs> team option? Oh, man. I mean, that's not that bad. He was all right, but I, I would let him go, man. I don't know. I, I just, I can't, I can't see it. He just, he was just like, he's like uh, a cheaper version of Kevin Love. On a bad team, he's, oh, he looks good, but on a good team, no thank you. Yeah. So I'd, yeah. I'd let him go. I agree. Just too much, too volatile, um, too inefficient, and I think you know everyone makes a big to do, and it for good reason about the spike in the salary cap, which will make his nine point four million not look that bad. But I still don't see Memphis investing that much in him. Yeah, you can get a um, similar price tag on a mid-level exception, not hurt your cap. I think for a guy who would probably be a better fit, you'd want, rather have a shooter on that squad with the, yeah, with the, uh, the new scheme. So. Uh, okay, so I think one of the more interesting storylines is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's unlikely to play for Greece because the Bucks want him to focus on playing point guard. T- tasty stuff. Uh, so that, that's going to be great. I mean, a guy with, what, like a 7-3 wingspan <laughs> playing point guard. So mm-hmm. what do you think of the Greek freak uh, fantasy value? Where do you take him? And then any other – a three-point shot, too, is another thing he has to work on. Uh-huh. Um yeah, I mean, he's going to be awesome, and I really <laughs> hope that he's on my team because what he did down the stretch this season was nothing short of phenomenal. Um, I, I mean, I haven't 
got it in front of me, but I want to say he was like a top five player over the past uh, the last couple months. If you take out the uh, free throw percentage, he was like two or three. Yeah, yeah his, post, his post-break numbers were 19 points, 8.6 boards, 7.2 7. assists, 1.9 blocks, 1.4 steals, and 0.4 yeah. threes. 50.9% yeah. from, from the field. Yeah, just a just a beast. And yeah. now, you know, he's going to be more comfortable playing point guard. Uh, Kid and the Bucks have made very clear that this is where they want him. So there's not, you know, none of that uncertainty about will he, won't he, can he, uh, he will. And yes, he can. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a huge year. And I, I like the Bucks wanting him to stick around and focus on being a team leader for them and not not dividing his attention with Greece. Um, we'll see. I know it sounds like Giannis wants to play for Greece, so there's still a chance he will, but either way, he's going to be, uh, I would say top 10 for sure. Yeah. And if you want him, you're probably going to have to burn a top five pick this year. Yeah. You, if there's no way he'll go to the second round, I mean, if you're picking eighth or ninth and you really, really want him in the 12 man league, you got to pounce right there. Maybe, even oh, yeah. se- I mean, yeah, if you're picking seventh, he will make it back to you to uh, what, 15 or no, yeah, but 16. Yeah, and, he'll be uh, gone. yeah, he'll be long gone. Like, I probably put, I haven't really ironed it out yet, but that seven, eight, nine is probably where I'm looking to, to pounce on him. And we talked about the free throw, he was 76% pre break. So, uh, I mean, he's, I mean, even November too, he was 86%. So, he's yeah, capable yeah. of being a good shooter, doesn't have a bad stroke or anything. Changed his uh, changed his stroke halfway through the season because the league gave him some notice about how he was taking too long to shoot the ball. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, so I think maybe that just kind of got in his head and he tailed off. So I think having a summer to really nail down that, that new stroke will, will do him good. Yeah, I mean, who would you, you – um, we had this uh, a pod two months ago. Him or Anthony Davis? Ooh, that's tough. Um, you know, I'm uh, – I don't know. <laughs> I want to have faith in Davis. Uh, I simply love his upside. Um, but I guess I'd go with, with, like, today if I were drafting, I might take a healthy Giannis. I don't know. Yeah, we all did. And I, I asked that question to Jonas, Steve, me. We were all like, yep, give me the Greek freak. Yeah, just too many years in a row that Davis yeah. has, has let owners down. So Yeah, I hate that. I mean, the shoulder injury getting surgery – or. Uh, all that stuff where he came out because his shoulder was hurting and he kept under wraps for three years. Yeah. Pelicans are so shady, man. I, I kind of hate that kind of stuff. Yeah, why would you do that with your franchise player? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, since his rookie season. All right, uh, anything anything else Bucks-wise? Uh, they're gonna, I think they may make some moves. I mean, Monroe's probably on the block, been a terrible fit, especially with Jabari not shooting the three, Giannis not really shooting the three, Carter Williams not a three-point shooter. All these guys can't mm-hmm. shoot the three. So a guy who works pretty much five feet in like Monroe does isn't a great fit. Yeah, um, we'll see if he's on the trade block. I, I imagine they'll at least test the waters there. They got John Henson, who's averaging something like 11 million over the next four seasons. So they need him to step into a bigger role. Um, and then they also, you know, they got some money coming off their books. OJ Mayo, 8 million. He's a free agent. Uh, Vasquez, 6.6. He's a free agent. So they got some uh, some cash to work with. Yeah, and Bayless. Oh yep, yep. Bayless they also pretty much have up. Vaughn as their their only shooting card. If you count yeah. Middleton, I think Middleton will slide over to small forward next year. If, if assuming Giannis does play the point, I would probably yeah. get someone yeah. a little smaller. I mean, either way, I mean if you could get whatever they can fit in there. If they get a small forward playing, it's that's the nice thing about versatility, like Draymond. Right. 
Yeah, about. they have done that well for themselves. They could really mix and match those pieces. And um, so as long as they stock up their bench and figure out the front court a little bit, they're going to be a, a tough out. Yeah, I mean, Giannis played a lot of minutes at the four. They were playing Jabari more at the three in the last month of the season. I want to say last three weeks specifically. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's nice. I, I really like that part. But Monroe, I think, has got to go. Uh, with that all right so let's move on here already 16 minutes in Um, so we got let's talk some thunder here um oklahoman's anthony slater is projecting again he's one of the the best guys out there by the way uh projecting Dion waiters could go about 12 to 16 million annually Mm. uh, off restricted free agency sounds like the thunder wanted a match pressy was saying that he was sort of confident and then a quote-unquote bodes well He's saying they're working on a partnership, and it sounds like Waiters wants to stay, according to Pressy. Uh, so, Waiters staying, going, do you see any sort of growth? I mean, he's still pretty young. Yeah, um, I, I I don't understand. As much as I don't want to believe that he could make 12 to $16 million, uh, it's very possible in this climate that he'll get that kind of offer. And I think Slater in that same column makes the point that some team could offer Waiters a pretty big deal and put them in a tough spot because – if Durant is going to leave, then are they going to invest $15 million in waiters? Uh, probably not. But if they think that Durant will stay, then maybe keeping that bench intact and um, you know fielding the same lineup with one extra year of growth would be appealing to Durant. So it's going to be a conundrum if another team makes him a hefty offer early in free agency. It's kind of similar. Um, I'm sorry. No, no. Go for it. I was going to say it's kind of similar to Cantor last year where yeah. you're like, ah, we could probably do without him. Yeah, but we probably could. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And Portland ponied up, and yeah. they match, which looks like a big mistake right now. It <laughs> does, but you know, if it helped, yeah. I mean, they did it basically to as a statement of faith to Westbrook, Durant, their stars. You know, yeah. we're we're gonna pay what it takes to win a championship. So yeah, just gotta make those gambles. But waiters, I mean, he had a true shooting percentage this year, forty nine point two percent, which yeah. ranks two hundred ninety sixth. <laughs> Uh, he's he was behind Michael Carter Williams, Aaron Brooks, and none other than Andrea Bargnani. Uh, he also had a career low 10% assist rate. So yeah, you know every once in a while he'll have a nice stretch, and people say this is what Waiters could be for this team, this third playmaker. Um, but he doesn't do that consistently. So it's all the could be, could be. At some point he's got to be it. Yeah, but then again, uh, with Cantor, I, they weren't anticipating Adams to grow into what he did, especially in the playoffs. So I think mm-hmm. that was kind of hedging their bets. And then kind of similar with Waiters. Like, they didn't expect – they well, Robertson really came on. So yeah. if you could count on him yeah, to he's... be kind of a Bruce Bowen kind of player where he gets 30 minutes or so. And, I mean, there's other ways to get scores that I think cheaper than $15 million a year. For uh, sure. It's, it's going to be a tough call. If If – He's up to sixteen million, and they keep KD. I don't see that happening. But he's twenty-four. We liked what he did in what pretty much the San Antonio series and the first four games of the Golden State series. But then his last three were really bad. Yeah. So, but that's the Waiters. You, you're not going to expect him yeah. to play be great for ten games in a row. Right. Anything else? Nope, not on waiters. All right, so let's get to some Knicks here. Uh, recent comments from Phil Jackson at a charity event yesterday saying that the triangle offense needs to, quote, adapt. Um, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jeff Hornacek also, who's, who's been very pro-pace. Um, the, the Suns are always near the top, and I think the Knicks were 27th in pace 
Um, in the bottom five for uh, assists per game, pretty much every point guard related stat, they're very, very low. That's what happens when mm-hmm. you have Jose Calderon. So, uh, and he also was really piling on the praise for Carmelo and Porzingis specifically, who would be a great fit in a Hornets sex scheme as a five and a four. So impressions for the Knicks. Do you see any changes? They'll have a, a little bit of flexibility. Obviously, no draft pick this year, thanks to Mr. Andrea Bargnani. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts on the Knicks? Um, if I'm a, if I were a Knicks fan, I'd be thrilled that Phil Jackson is finally relenting. Okay. Uh, you know, he was so hard and fast about that triangle that it put all of his coaches in a tough spot where they had to implement this system, whether or not it fit the personnel, whether or not it fit their personalities. Um, so I think his allowing Hornacek to bring his own philosophies in is great news uh, for the team in reality and also for fantasy owners. Um, as you mentioned, there's going to be faster tempo. Um, you know, the, the team's pace should definitely go up. Uh, he was just heaping it on Porzingis. So I think those fourth quarter benchings we saw under Kurt Rambis are, are a thing of the past. So that's great news. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be good all around and a, a lot hinges on what sort of point guard they can get in free agency or through a trade. Yeah. I don't think Jerry and Grant's the answer, obviously uh, had a kind yeah. of nice start to a season. You're like, Hey, this guy may be something, but mm-hmm. uh, he was more of a shooting guard in college. And then the transition to point guard kind of, he was a little sloppy. Um, but yeah. yeah, like the triangle, man, you got everyone. You got it's easy to remember this. You had Michael Jordan and Prime Kobe for for the bulk of the, the triangle offense years, and mm-hmm. with the way the offense offensive schemes have changed, small ball, all that, and just there's so much more emphasis on switching and weak side help that the transition the uh, triangle isn't as effective. I think. No, so. yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's become a triangular peg in a square hole. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's just 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 not just not working for him. Yeah. So Porzingis, I mean, what do you see? I mean, and Nello, where do you kind of see them going? Like, I mean, Porzingis, he had that good little December, early January run when he was like a top five guy, but yeah. kind of fizzled out. Like you said, Rambus benched him here and there, and then he had the injuries as well. So. Uh, I'd probably say ceiling wise, he's probably like second rounder. But then I don't think I don't see him going past the third. And probably, if you won, you probably got to take him in the second. Yeah, he's going to be a popular pick, and for good reason. I mean, the only real knock on him, he shot forty two percent last year. Um, but I think a lot of that was fatigue. He did get, you know, he he just looked gassed down the stretch for for stretches. So I think with a, another summer of training, he knows the game better. Um, he's basically got nine cat stud potential uh, made over a three pointer nearly two blocks per game in just 28 minutes last year so yeah i'm with you i think i think t- you know top 20 upside of the ceiling maybe um he'll probably have more spurts like that where he gets hot blocks seven shots in a game and uh you know cracks first round value for a couple weeks um but yeah, I think I think you're gonna have to take him in the third round if you want him, and I, I'm guessing that in a bunch of drafts he'll go second round. Yeah, yeah he admitted going to the going into the rookie wall too, so he's mm. second year. All that adjustment of all that playing time didn't really play that much overseas. Uh, okay, so staying in the Atlantic Division, talking about some 76ers, lots of changes for them. No more Sam Hinkie and 13-page re- letters about resigning, um, <laughs> and it looks like is going to be busy. It really sounds like they want to get out of that cellar and be an impact team. Uh, reportedly looking to deal Nerlens Noel for Jeff Teague. I don't think that'll happen until the draft or even later, uh, depending on what they do. 
And we'll talk about Ben Simmons in a second, I guess one, two. Um, but apparently they're shopping him hard to at least 15 teams. That's Okafor and Nerlens Noel. Obviously, mm-hmm. they have a lot of uh, invested into Joel Embiid, who's doing dunking, taking some contact in practice, really coming along. So what's your, what's your thoughts on maybe who they should deal more? Who do you think fits better next to Embiid, I guess, is relevant here? Uh, and do you think what, – what would, what would you do if, if you're in Philly? Um, yeah, it's tough. I, th- I, I love Nerlens, but his offensive deficiencies, I think, are kind of would push me in that direction to, to trade him. Uh, you got Embiid, and if you're, I mean, at some point you have to roll the dice and just hope that he stays healthy this season. So it sounds like they're going to take that that leap of faith. Um, and they have good guys, Rashawn Holmes, Jeremy Grant. They've got some depth at least. Uh, and upgrading Ish Smith did well last year, and he had good chemistry with with Noel. But especially if you're going to trade Nerlens, upgrading at point guard makes a lot of sense. So trade. You know, the, the Noel for Teague trade, I'm sure other parts would be in, uh, involved there. But that's a very interesting trade, and I think it would make the Sixers a considerably better team. Um, probably not put them in playoff contention, but definitely get them out of that cellar. Yeah. Um, they were saying Stauskas and Covington would be in the mix there for that deal. Uh, and, yeah, I'm with you. I would trade Noel first, um, not really because of the same reason you said. Uh, I think just because he'd be due for an extension sooner because he's been in the league longer. So I think that being able to push, because obviously the teams that are doing well are like Golden State Warriors, for instance. You know, Curry got his extension earlier, and all these, and Draymond's really the first guy of that group getting, and even Clay, Clay, Clay mm-hmm. got hit too. So, but then the seller kept rising. So you want to push your yeah. bigger contracts uh, further down the line. So getting Noel, getting Okafor cheaper for longer makes more sense. Uh, yeah. Then yeah, you got to add a point guard. You got to add. Uh, a lot of stuff, and and Teague was Teague was down last year. He had the All Star two seasons ago, but I still have a lot of faith in him. Um, for some reason, Buttonholzer kind of got away from him and countered on Schroeder a little bit more. But yeah, you got to do something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I yeah. would definitely deal one of those guys, or even another guy. Another trade we were talking about before with Jonas, I think. Um, us a trade centered around Noel and Marcus Smart with other pieces involved, and maybe the 16th pick from Boston, something like that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And aside from trades, it's there's not a lot of established veterans and stars who probably want to come to Philly right now, but money talks. And the Sixers and Colangelo have a lot of money to spend. They've got only really what's well, maybe six guys under guaranteed contracts, the most expensive of which is Carl Landry at $6.5 million. So, I mean, they've got a ton of cash if they want to spend it. And um, so they could also make a, make a big move through free agency. Conley, they're going to go hard after Conley. Yeah. Yeah. Conley, right. If they, I mean, obviously they want to upgrade point guards. So you've got a couple good point guards hitting the market. I don't think they're going to go, go after Rondo necessarily, but yeah. uh, Conley is, yeah, Conley's a, Definite target if he he gets a max offer. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think I, if I'm Philly, I would straight max him. Uh, he'd be a really nice fit, great defensive point guard, decent shooter. Uh, so yeah, I, I, he's going to get he's going to get someone's going to max him, and Philly would, would definitely be in the mix for that. Yeah, um, and then also it sounds like just to throw this out there, it sounds like Ben Simmons is going to be the top pick from everything I've read. Um, pretty much a straight three, can do some stretch four stuff. So that means Covington is definitely going to lose a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he, he pretty much had his run, man. He was a 
trash to treasure kind of guy, but yeah, those threes and steals. I mean, he, he just piled them up week yeah. after week. Um, but yeah, you're right. Simmons, assuming that he's you know basically the consensus pick, they're going to take him whether or not he wants to go there. Yeah. Um, that's going to definitely hurt. Covington, but I think he's versatile enough. He could play some shooting guard. He could play a little power forward. I mean, he, he's a three-position player, I think, so I'm not too worried about him. If he gets in the 26-minute range, he's still going to be a decent mid-round guy, um, but you're also going to have some duds in there. So Yeah, I just realized this. I mean, all these young guys, I was putting in a lot of the the, uh, the players and stuff, and these guys for the upcoming draft and door system, and these guys are born in like 1997. I know. <laughs> it's just like, oh, dude, I'm getting so old. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyways, um, the point I was going to say, pretty much in the past, what, five years, the the 76ers have been awful. So I think that that has really skewed the view of of, of the people now, of the young kids nowadays. Because I mean, early 2000s, Iverson, all those guys, the 76ers were. A contender made it to the finals. Everyone's seen the meme of Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, people need to chill out with judging teams, I guess. It's just not fair. Yeah. All right, so moving on here to the team, uh, or we'll focus on Joakim Noah. He, Tom Thibodeau wants him. Uh, this guy won Defensive Player of the Year. He finished, what, like fourth or fifth in MVP voting a couple of years ago. <laughs> and what a sharp decline on his career due to injuries and just looking really slow. Uh, so, do you see where do you see Joakim Noah going? And do you see him going to the Wolves? They got they have the fifth pick. I could definitely see that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think assuming he's healthy, like you said, he's looked slow and injuries have taken a big toll on him. But if anyone's going to get the most out of him, it's going to be Thibodeau. And I think Noah enjoyed playing for him in years past. Um, I think there's not going to be a ton of teams beating down his door at the stroke of midnight when free agency starts and offering him big deals. So uh, he's going to have to kind of take what he can get, and Minnesota makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I'd say they're the front runner, unless they take um, Bender, Dragon Bender, at the four, because that would mean you're going to play, and we know Tibbs plays pretty tight rotation, so you already mm-hmm. have a, a, a four-five combination of Towns, Jang, and Bender, that'd be really nice. And you could even play Muhammad in there a little bit. Uh, and Bielitsa, who kind of came around. But hes I think he's still going to be okay. Yeah. Bielitsa had a little bright spot in April. We'll, so, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not convinced that Bielitsa can force his way into Thibs' rotation. I feel yeah. like he's going he's gonna to get doghoused pretty quick. But Yeah, I, I just mean there's depth there. So if one, oh, of, those, yeah. if one yeah. of those guys gets hurt, you know, you kind of got some wiggle room there. Even though uh, Jag and Towns, man, they were super durable. Towns played all 82. And what Jang played a ton. Jang was up there too. Did he hit eighty two? I think he may have. Check that real sure. quick. Eighty two, yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. This guy's it. That's a good good place to start. And Jang's twenty six came into the league a, a little bit late out of Louisville. Um, I think he played four years there. So there you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think they're the favorite, and I don't think anyone's going to go after him. But not anyone that you're eagerly going to go after. But playmaking center, pretty good. One of the better centers at passing. So people forget yeah. that. So he's a pretty good player. And it's just yeah. uh, injuries can undo your career pretty quickly, i.e. Yeah. Grant Hill. Um, It'd also be interesting if, if Noah does land in Minnesota, whether he's you know willing to accept a backup role or whether Thibodeau starts him and plays him next to Towns. I don't know how that would go down, but it would be, be interesting to watch in training camp. Yeah, he's... 
31 years old right now, so that's that's getting up there. Yeah. Uh, another what? All right, so we could move on. Move on. Anything else from that? No. Yeah. Okay. So sticking in that uh, three, four, five range, uh, we got the Celtics. They want Kevin Durant. Big surprise. They are loaded with assets. <laughs> they have the Knicks' third pick. I'm sorry, the Nets' third pick, and that 16th pick. And then they have some other upcoming for, uh, first rounders too. Some second rounders. Um, some cap space. Well, um, do you? Uh, this is going to be such a crazy pro thing with Durant, man. What do you think about him? <laughs> do, you, do you still think OKC is the favorite? Yeah, the Celtics are are interesting, and they're they're in the conversation. Like you were saying, I think they have like eight draft picks this year so they could really make some moves they're they're talking to Durant's agent trying to figure out what other players they could get that might draw him there and a sort of you know super team approach um but I I do think that OKC is still the favorite simply because they can look him in the eye and say hey we were up 3-1 against the defending champs um you know a team that just set a regular season record for wins we had them on the ropes and we just let them get away so imagine what we could do with one more year of experience under donovan and uh, i think that's a pretty powerful argument for a guy whose sole goal is to win a championship quick question i asked this to steve uh yesterday do you see do you think that okc blew it or do you think golden state won that series because because they're so good uh, I, I lean more toward Golden State took it from them. Yeah, I think we're finding that out right now with what, yeah, they, with yeah. what they did to Cleveland. Yeah, um, I mean, they there were just certain possessions where, you know, Curry and Thompson just shooting over the top of outstretched arms of Steven Adams and hitting them over and over again. It's like there's not much you could do. That, that was working for, a, you know, a sequence of games early in the series, and then their shots just started to go down. The switching wasn't quite as effective, and that was it. That's that's all it took. Um yeah, the Warriors were just too good. Yeah, that the one play that jumps out, and I mentioned on the on the pod was when Iguodala stripped it from Westbrook and had that pass to Clay stepped in. Oh his yeah, three hits that. If that yeah. shot doesn't go down, I think we're singing a whole different tune right now. Yeah, that was a huge swing. Yeah. All right. So, so the, the, the light just sort of went out of OKC's eyes at that point. Yeah, I think my my voice was a little sore for like a day after yelling after that shot. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we'll get to free agency soon. There's a lot of stuff. Um, anything you want to talk about right now? No, we could save that for another edition. Yeah, we got, we'll hit some Biombo in a second here. Uh, so, Dave Yeager wants to give Willie Cauley-Stein a little more room to define himself as an NBA player. He pretty much was just um, transition offense, put back dunks, wasn't really getting incorporated to the offense. We all know Yeager had the too big lineup. Uh, for most of his time with Memphis with Zebo and Marcus Saul. So uh, I am I think I'm one of the lower people on Willie Cauley Stein. Do you see him as someone you're gonna wanna could jump out and grab in fantasy or what do you what do you think? Uh, no, I'm not gonna not gonna be too eager. Uh and yeah, I think other people are gonna look at him and see an expanded role and and really kind of speculatively take him, maybe even toward the late middle round, something like that. Um I'd, I'd take him in the late rounds for sure. He's, he's not a bad. He'll help you with field goal percentage. Um, you know, he could push a block and a half if his minutes go up. Doesn't turn the ball over, which is helpful in nine cap. Um, but, yeah, and I, I think, as I think you were alluding to, I think uh, Jaeger's going to start him alongside Cousins, most likely. So that that's a, a nice boost. Um, but I wouldn't touch him probably until the... The later rounds. Yeah. I think someone will probably take him at like 75, and I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. Just because, I mean, he can block shots, but not a great free throw shooter. You're pretty much grabbing a, a one-cat guy. 
Yeah, not a lot of range. Yep. No assist, no assists. It's so a couple defensive stats and field goal percentage. She's hurting you in free throw percentage, so that's kind of a wash. Yep. Yeah, so anybody else Kings wise, uh he's talked about Demarcus Cousins being the focal point, so I mean he's gonna obviously be at cost your first rounder this year. Yeah, would that you, usage take, is safe. Yeah, league league leader in usage rate. Do you see Giannis or Boogie? Um, hmm. I I might go Giannis to be perfectly honest, yeah, but I think so too. Yeah, it's just Cousins had a bit of a rough year last year from percentage standpoint. Forty five percent for for a big man, you'd like to see that higher. You want him to to be helping you in field goal percentage, not just kind of plodding along. Uh, 72% from the line. He added those three-pointers, which were kind of a blessing and a curse because it brought down his percentage a little bit. Um, and 3.8 turnovers. So if I, you know, if those turnovers weren't there, he'd be much more appealing in nine cap. But that that knocks him down a round. Seriously. Yeah, man, that's that's out of control. Um, but yeah, he'll he'll be busy. I think his assists will come up this year. But it's close. Uh, I think they're I think they're right there in that seven, eight, nine, ten range. I would I would go yeah. Giannis by a nose as well. Yeah, it doesn't help that Cousins missed, what, I think, like 16 games or something last that's, year. That's true, too. His durability has kind of gone down. He, I mean, yeah. what? I want to say the last month of the season, he was always getting hurt. Always, mm-hmm. you know, he would play through it, but a lot of scares, man, more than any other player, like Kevin Love on steroids. Yeah, he was kind of hinting at like a background kind of chronic injury that was that was slowing him down. I think his knee, yeah. um, things like that are just red flags. Yeah, he had to, I think he had to be the most like injury scare he wasn't the most injury-prone player, but mm-hmm. I mean, I I feel like I've written Demarcus Cousins got hurt on Wednesday more more than any other player, yeah. um, just because just because he gets the ball so much, all that usage, all those minutes too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so mention Biombo. He will be suspended for the opener because of his flagrant foul point uh, limit, I guess. Uh, so, and he's also going to be a uh, free agent opted out of his player option. So what do you see with mm-hmm. Biombo? Uh, Zach Lowe was saying close to $17 million, uh for a yeah. guy who really was a no-show. I mean, what, Charlotte let him go for next to nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, but- I, I think $17 million was that that's a moonshot. Uh, that was quoting some unnamed Eastern conference executive. You know, you never know where this, where this information comes from. Yeah. It definitely behooves Biombo to have whispers like that out there. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an overreaction to a stretch of solid games in the playoffs when Valanciunas was out. And then we saw the Cavs hurt him. They just went small. Channing, you know, can't defend Channing Fry on the perimeter. It pulls him further away, so his rebounding wasn't quite as effective. Um, I think that's an easy recipe to counter what, what his strengths are. And, yeah, just his offensive limitations. I, I can't imagine a team paying, you know, clo- whatever, anywhere near $20 million to install them as their franchise center. Um, you never know, but I don't I don't see that happening. And I, I don't think Toronto, especially if his price is in that range, uh, will even have interest in keeping him. Um, Dwayne Casey's talking about how Valanciunas needs to get better defending small lineups. We could talk about that. But, um, you know, in the face of that, why invest so much more money in a second center who struggles against small lineups? Yeah, you can't drop... 13, 12 on a backup center. So yeah. I, I think that's pretty much the threshold. I mean, yeah, you want to – and JB doesn't play big minutes, so you definitely need a good center there. Um, you can't mm-hmm. just throw Bebe Nigeria in there and be like, oh, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> you still got to – I mean, because JB is not going to play 34 minutes like some centers out there. 
uh, Mark Saul, et cetera. So yeah, yeah I definitely gotta get someone, but that's that's price. That's a steep price. A guy who has terrible hands on offense. He's not that great of a screener. Pretty much just a rebound blocker guy, which has value. Um, mm-hmm. So and he did get a little bit better on offense, but like you said, not being able to cover on the perimeter is going to kill them, and that was their undoing at times uh, yeah. against against the Cavs. So yeah. And, and their second boat. unit, I think, for a backup center, they'd want someone. I mean, you got Corey Joseph, Norman Powell, Terrence Ross, Patrick Patterson, these kind of guys. You need someone who can generate a little more offense than Biombo. And they had that draft pick. Oh, yeah. So yeah. They, can, they can get a big man and, and fill it in spot. there. Yeah. There's a, a lot of decent European big men I saw that could be right there. They probably want to get someone who's NBA ready. Mm-hmm. I'm not too up on who's NBA ready yet. But that's probably something they if they don't get. I think. Do you think they would take a center in that spot? I mean, there's really. I mean, they're good at point guard. They're pretty solid on the wing if they keep the Rosen um, power forward. I mean, they they need a big man. <laughs> they need a power forward or a center. Ideally, yeah. someone who can play four and five. Yeah, and there are plenty available, as you said. So uh, I think they're going to go big man, but you never know. The Raptors, the Raptors, as we've seen in the past, are unpredictable on draft day. <laughs> Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> would you, Would you max Luis Scola? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh of course. God. Why is he? Why was he even playing? Uh, all right, so that's pretty much it. Uh, anything else that you want to throw in there? Pred- uh, prediction for the series? I haven't got your thoughts on. You have kind of a leg up. I think I said Warriors, and yeah. Warriors in five. I almost want to say Warriors in four now. What do you? Yeah. Think? Uh, do you I- how do, you, how do you think on this one? I, for, I forget what I said before this before the uh, playoffs started. I think I well, I know I had Warriors Cavs in the finals. That's most everyone. Um, I think I probably said Warriors in five, and I'll I'll stick with that. I think the Cavs will win a game, but they could also get swept. I don't see it going more than five. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, at home, I think that the, if Cleveland can win both in Cleveland, I'd be very surprised. They, yeah. they have home court advantage is great, and apparently it was a a pick'em. In Vegas yesterday, Ooh. Like, I didn't get that man. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that uh-huh. line probably moved to Golden State. I'm sure a lot of people were, were betting them as great as Cleveland was at home. Um, mm-hmm. They are not in. I want to say Kansas anymore, but Kansas is, <laughs> is, is in the West. So uh, yeah, they're not in the uh, whatever the Eastern Conference is anymore. So yeah. All right, so we'll get out of here on that. I hope thanks a lot for listening. If you guys have any idea on pod ideas or whatever, and also I forgot to mention, we're going to be changing over to Audio Boom from the SoundCloud. So if you have this on SoundCloud, um, it's probably going to go away soon. So hit me up for the new RSS or whatever you need uh, for some changes. I'll have it on the site as well. So thanks a lot for listening, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. Nice. You got it, man. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.